from days of long ago. From uncharted regions of the universe comes a legend. Podcast episode 203, The Art of Brian Shearer. I'm your host, Ryan. And I'm John. And welcome back, everyone. Sorry it's been a, a bit of a, a time delay on episodes coming out, but uh, based on the last episode, you guys know what had been going on there uh, personally for me. Uh, but we are back recording with a vengeance. I've got a lot of Star Joe stuff coming up. I posted a little teaser image uh, on the Star Joe's page of stuff that we're going to be talking about and doing episodes about and everything else. And one of those is what, why we're here tonight, which is a good friend of ours, uh, Mr. Brian Shearer, has a Kickstarter going. He also has a few titles that are out and coming out uh, cur- uh, in the recent time period. And I had the pleasure of being able to see him just recently and talk for quite a while. And there's been conventions going on and everything else. So we've got a lot of topics to talk about. Um, so without further ado, uh, Brian, welcome back to the show. Second time on the show, right? It is the second, only the second time. Oh, only the second time. <laughs> <laughs> Not the last. Well, no, actually it is. This is the last episode, but, you know. <laughs> John teases that every single time, so. <laughs> well, well, it seems like everybody's been on the show more than once. And for a long time, it was, I, it was just me in the one-timers club. <laughs> well, now you've joined the multiple appearances. Okay. okay. Well, then I can't, I can't give you a hard time about it then. I mean, I can, but. You can. It just won't be fair anymore. Right. <laughs> True. <laughs> um, yeah, it will definitely not be the last time because uh, uh, just unfortunately, the last time you were on, I, I only appeared at the very tail end of that. So. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I do remember that. Yes, that was it's a very so special long. episode. It was a very special episode where they thought they could get away without me appearing on it. I don't even remember what we talked about. What was going on then that I was on your show? Well, I I was the I I produced and it was when we were using uh, Blab. Yeah, and it yeah. was you, me, 
Robert and Travis yes. the teabag, and we talked about we talked about your background with the studio, and we talked about you and Robert and your shenanigans, and then we talked about uh, I think it was BotCon you had gone to, right? Oh and, and wow, we, yeah. yeah. Because it was the same time as a Garth Brooks concert, if I recall. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, so that's what, yeah. And then all of a sudden, right? Yeah. You know, so then we we kicked Travis off so that we could get Ryan in for a few minutes, and uh, right. and then Robert blew the ending, and we laughed, and it was that was that was fun. It was. Yeah. Uh, I, need to, I need to go back and listen to that episode. Yeah, it's not that great. Oh. <laughs> it was it was a good time, but yeah, it was a a good learning experience for me for sure. The thing that was uh, interesting about that one is the. Only time I had an episode where when I went to go the, do the editing, I had no idea what anything was going to be said. <laughs> so I had, re- I had to actually like really pay attention. Like when I edit now, I just kind of I'm playing it and I only like half listen and then jump in when I need to to take, you know, long pauses out or anything like that or screw ups or anything like that. Yeah, that one I had to like listen intently because I had no idea where you guys were going or what was being said or where their mistakes were or anything like that. <laughs> you know, if someone coughs or you know has to leave for a moment or something like like I try to take that stuff out so we we sound somewhat professional. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I do remember a few hiccups in that uh, in that episode. Yeah. So. So that was interesting. But uh, you got a, a Kickstarter out right now. So I figure we start off with that since that's the title of the episode is what your Kickstarter's name is. So, yeah. Uh, so uh, the art of Brian Shearer and uh, I went ahead and uh, labeled it labeled it volume one because I'm an optimist. <laughs> and um, uh, yeah, so, you know, I've been putting out art online on Twitter and Facebook, you know, like everybody else does. You draw something and you, you know, scan it and you upload it or whatever and i i've done so many sketches at at a certain point i was like you know i think i have enough for a book at this point and um in january i just started uh putting it together and uh launched it a week ago and so it's going to be over 100 pages of all the um sketches and i've added like um like with some of the uh uh, covers and things kind of the process like a pencil stay layout stage and pencil and just kind of behind the scenes uh, in progress pictures. And, um, I have some, uh, whenever I go to, uh, San Diego, I always keep a, a travel sketchbook. So I've got, uh, two years of travel sketchbooks from, um, uh, San Diego Comic-Con mm-hmm. and, um, a little bit of commentary here and there and just, uh, a lot of art. And I just made the, the, um, uh, the first stretch goal, I'm going to add a tutorial section. I know I'm going to have a uh, marker tutorial. Some, a lot of people ask me about doing just the marker commission stuff. So I'm going to kind of go through my process and add that. Okay. Probably, probably add a, um, uh, a bonus comic in the back of it. So, uh, so yeah, it's actually going really well. We've got, um, over halfway funded within the first week. So, uh, so yeah. That's, a, I, and that's, I saw that with the, uh, uh, that, in the first week, I mean, you're more than halfway already to what your your goal, your original goal is. So yeah. it's pretty awesome. Um, and so here's something I actually I don't know if it was asked of you the last time you were on. Who knows? I don't remember what the hell you were asked last time you were on. <laughs> <laughs> but your your style to me seems pretty unique. And I don't mean that in the like the bad way, like, oh, yeah, it's really unique, Brian. Uh, I mean, <laughs> that's like calling it cute, you got right. a cute style. That, that, was, a, that was a cute book you did. Uh, but no, I, I really like when I look at it, I don't really necessarily see a, 
necessarily other people's style or influence or anything like that. So I guess my question to you is like, is there anyone that you were really influenced with when it came to doing your artwork or is there a style that you kind of, you know, mimicked for a while or anything like that? Or? Well, um, early on, like, especially when I first joined the studio about 10 years ago um, and I was, you know, when everybody breaks in comics, they're always thinking Marvel and DC mm-hmm. and superhero stuff. And um, for years I was trying to draw the way I thought I should draw to get work at Marvel and DC and, my stuff always just came off stiff and I don't know. Um, and at a certain point I was like, you know what? I, I just want to draw how I want to draw. And so I loosened up a little bit and then that's when I, I started actually getting a lot better, uh, faster. Yeah. And, um, I, my, I mean, I have, um, artists that, that I looked at like Mike Ringo. I loved his stuff. Um, pretty much anybody that was slightly cartoony, but still could pull off a superhero book. Gotcha. So it was fun. And and then a lot of it's just pulling bits and pieces. Like I'll see an artist and he does a technique or does something. I go, oh, I like that. I want to try something like that. And so it's okay. just like, you know, uh, two dozen different artists that are like, I like that. And I like that, you know, the, the artistic buffet. Um, yeah. And but I, I feel like, you know, if, if I was going to draw, I, I couldn't draw just like them, but I can, you know, kind of be influenced enough to where I kind of, uh, you know, assimilate different concepts, I guess is the best way to put it. So, yeah. um, so yeah. And even now, like I, I'm really drawn to like looser, um, artists. Um, like when I see like really, really slick and polished, uh, like superhero stuff, for example, I think, you know, that's really, really good, but it doesn't excite me like an artist, like, um, uh, who's doing the, um, um, like Sean Gordon Murphy or, okay, uh, yeah. That kind of style or um, Dan Panosian or those guys where it's like it it's it it seems like they just like attacked the page. Right. Yeah. And stuff is going everywhere. This energetic. But it's it's clearly with a solid foundation underneath. And that's the yeah. kind of stuff that really that I really dig. So I'll tell you who and literally I, I turned to my left here and I was just look, I have I've mentioned this on the show in the past. I've got my room's a mess right now. I got like comics everywhere and trade paperbacks and hardcovers just laying everywhere. So I can like turn and see like 20 different art styles just laying on the floor in front of me right now. <laughs> right. Um, so the one that actually caught my eye because it's got a, there's a little bit of, of what I see in, in your artwork too is um, Doc Shaner. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. So I like I, that. Yeah. That's yeah, the kind so, of stuff I'm talking about. Like uh, yeah. guys like that, that, that can you know simplify things, but um you know, be loose and but accurately kind of convey what's going on, and um, yeah. you know, that, that's just that, it. Just suits the way my mind works. I think. Yeah, I, I think that's why when I switched to, you know, like I said, drawing like I wanted, I actually started getting better faster. Okay, yeah, I will say too, um, and I I need to know the influence uh, where this came from. The image that starts your video for the Kickstarter is the unicorn in the tank <laughs> that says magic time suckers. <laughs> Where the hell was your mind at the time that, that came out? <laughs> um, like with most things, it was late at night and I'm sitting there with a, a beer and a, my Cintiq and I'm probably on Twitter or watching a movie just sketching and I have no idea. I think I drew this goofy little tank and I'm like, well, I got to you just can't just have a tank. Right. So I was like, I'm going to put a unicorn on there. And it just kind of, I don't know. Um, so, so a lot of the sketches are like kind of though in the book are going to be like those kind of things like yeah. this word that I don't know, but that, that one, I, I wish I could do like, 
that's one of those that that I kind of hit on, and it was like you know lightning in a bottle because everybody loves that image, and I've sold T-shirts of it, and I'm like, I need to do two dozen more like this. <laughs> but you know, if I could do that, I'd be a millionaire. So yeah, yeah. Well, and I think the reason why with that image is like you see an image like that, and it's kind of what you're talking about as far as them uh, your images. You know, you want to go for something that's a little dynamic but still simplified and everything. Um, it it feels like there's a story there that needs to be told. Yeah. Well, yeah. how did that unicorn get in the tank? Where is he going? Uh, I've actually happened? thought about doing a book about, <laughs> about um, and I've talked to a friend of mine about maybe co-writing it where it's basically um, mythical creatures, but in the army. I so. was just going to say that sounds like a brilliant <laughs> idea, like because I thought you were just going to talk about the unicorn. I was like, you should do like all mythical creatures, yeah, yeah. military. <laughs> so, I, it, it's one of the the you know half a dozen projects on the back burner, sure, <laughs> until I get to it. That's fantastic. Um, yeah, and, I, and as soon as you mentioned T-shirt, I'm like, I do want a T-shirt with that unicorn on it. That's awesome. Well, I'm, I'm getting ready to, to start a um because there's a, a website. Uh, I'm gonna get it wrong. I think it's Teespring. Yeah. But yeah, so you do like a um um it's not not quite like a Kickstarter, but it's like for seven days and things for sale. Yeah. If you get the right number of sales, they'll print it and you know, it doesn't cost you anything because you know the people have, are buying right. the t shirt. Right. And when I did the last run, I bought one because I wanted a t shirt and I I wanted to see how good the t shirt was. And it was a really good t shirt and the printing was fantastic. I was like, wow, and it's it's I wear it a lot just because it's such a soft T-shirt. Yeah, that's but, cool. Uh, so I'm, yeah, I'm going to do another run. I need to experiment with different colors because I only did white last yeah, year. Okay. Yeah. A lot, a lot of people don't like white T-shirts. Yeah, I can't say I'm a big fan of white T-shirts. Yeah. But uh, because I'm mostly because I'm a klutz and I spill and right. it's, it's not good. So <laughs> right. Um, which I will say we were talking before we recorded and I said I'm drinking a weird concoction of alcohol and. uh my biggest problem, speaking of being a klutz, is that when I've had enough to drink, uh, I turn into more of a klutz to the point of my hand stops wanting to hold the glass. Like oh, okay. it, it will literally just all of a sudden let go of it, and who knows where it's going to go at that point. So I don't yeah, think I, I'll get there tonight. But well, you, well, you didn't you didn't seem to have a problem when we met uh, for dinner in Cleveland. No, we didn't. No, I did not have. Well, because I knew I was going to be driving. Right. Right. <laughs> So I didn't have too much. I did have a couple. Um, yeah. So, uh, well, we'll just spill over into that real quick. Um, so you were in town for uh, the Cleveland Wizard World Cleveland. Wizard World Cleveland. Yeah. Um, you had a very interesting conversation. When was the last time you did a Wizard World? <laughs> ten years ago. Exactly. Ten years ago. So um, I did Wizard World Chicago, which is not really Chicago. It's Rosemont. Um and, it's, and I'm assuming it's still in the same place because I think they still have a Wizard World Chicago. Yeah. But um, yeah. So back then it was it was before they really branched out to where there was tons of Wizard Worlds everywhere. Uh-huh. And um, I did that one. It just was not a great show. Like if the show it started to decline, and so I said, well, I'm not. I'm never doing the show again. Um, and uh, they Wizard World actually got in touch with me. Cause they were going to do a show in Winston Salem, which is like 30 minutes from my house. Okay. And they said, Hey, um, would, do you want to do the show? And I'm like, sure. Well, they, they delayed the show a year and they're like, we're sorry. We put the show off, but we'll fly you out to you know pick either St. Louis or Cleveland. And I'm like, well, I've been to St. Louis. I guess I'll go to Cleveland. And, um, and it was a fantastic show. Like I, I, I did really, really well. Um, so, you know, I, I, uh, several people, 
you know, you, you talk to people about the convention circuit, like, oh, this show sucks, this show sucks. And I had heard mixed things about Wizard World. You know, one artist will say, uh, you know, you never make any money. And then another artist will say they did great. I did great at Wizard World. And um, it was, uh, it, it seemed steady all weekend. So yeah. um, I, I saw you, I saw you kept posting like, Commission after commission, I was like, man, he's doing well. <laughs> yeah, I, I had lots of commissions, and um, and then I had, you know, some people, an artist or two, came by and said they did okay, but it, it just may be that. I mean, I tend to talk up the shows before I go to them, so I think people yeah. knew I was going to be there, and there, and a lot of them were Transformers and Joe fans, so that helps. But um, it, it it still seemed like it was a, a pretty good show. Um, yeah. So. Well, I know, and I don't know if any of them would have even come up to you. Cause I'm sure none of them mentioned my name or anything like that. But I know I had some coworkers that were planning on going. And I was like, "You got to go see Brian Shearer," and they're like, "Oh, okay." And yeah, I know they said anything. Yeah, and they were just like, "I was like, you'll see, he's got Transformers and stuff like that. You got to go check him out." And they're like, and they're like around our age, so they grew up with Transformers, oh. GI Joe, and stuff. Yeah. So, well, um, maybe they stopped by, but they didn't yeah. say anything. <laughs> no, they, I don't expect them to. That's that's the kind of friends I have. So, <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, so then it was, it was cool because I wasn't able to go. I mean, I could have gone, but I wasn't impressed with Wizard World last year. Um, and honestly, my whole reason I would have gone was to see you, uh, cause that was, I looked at the art, the creator list and stuff like that. And I was like, all right, I saw all these guys before I seen them all last year and stuff like that. And, uh, pop culture stuff. I'm like, yeah, I go yeah. take a picture and I'm done. Um, which is part of my problem with the Wizard World shows and stuff is just because it's like I don't I don't have much there that keeps me there. Right. Um, but I was like, but you know, Brian's in my hometown. I want to like at least see him while he's here. And uh, so I reached out to you and was like, hey, you want to get together for dinner afterwards? So we went to the Tilted Kilt, the Scottish um, Hooters. Oh yes. wow! <laughs> yes. Which, nice. by the way, was recommend. I told Brian this ahead of time, and he didn't. Cause you didn't I, I, know, I don't have no idea what it was. Right. Yeah. But I, I didn't know if Brian would know what it was. So I basically let him know. I was like, I'm not, I didn't pick this place because of the women. It was actually a, a woman I work with who I'm really good friends with that recommended this place because <laughs> she said the food's really good. Um, so I was like, the, the recommendation came from a female, not from just guys going, you want to see pretty girls. Um, so yeah, we went there and it wasn't too far from your hotel. So it worked out great. Um, the, the Cavs were playing that night, which I didn't plan on. So I, uh, uh, got stuck in traffic for a little bit, but I think I got there like almost right. Yeah. You got there not long after I did. So, yeah, so it worked, worked, out, out great. worked out great. And I think we were there for a good oh, four yeah. hours, something like yeah. that. So <clears throat> well, you were, see, it was a weird show for me because at this point, no matter where I go in the entire country, I know somebody at the show, right? Like I, I know I, I have people I can hang out with and stuff at this show. I didn't know anybody. And yeah. <clears throat> it, it was, it was actually kind of, you know, it's kind of a lonely show yeah. <laughs> so yeah. just doing the thing. And, and I go back to my hotel. And um, so it was nice to at least have one person in town <laughs> that, that I knew. Yeah. Well, and I tried to get Chuck and Nick to come, and they both, I think they both had to work that night or something. Um, uh, or, or they just didn't want to see you. It was one of Well, that's okay. <laughs> but, uh, no, they, they actually were busy. They were like, it sucks, but they were like, hey, tell them we said hi. But, uh, yeah, it was cool to, to see you. And like I said, it was, there was no way I was going to let it go by without, uh, with you, my home, that close to my hometown. I only usually get to see you once a year. So, yeah. Uh, 
but uh, yeah, so it was, it was a blast. I will say, uh, and John, you can attest to this every single time you, uh, we've gone out with any artist friends, creator friends and stuff like that is like, if you ever have the opportunity to go to a convention where you know some creators, go hang out with them because there's going to be some stories that you can't share any other time. <laughs> <laughs> there's going to be topics you talk about that you talk about at that moment and that's it. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> we had some good conversations is all I'm going to say. Um, but uh, yeah, we had a lot of laughs. It was, it was a blast. Uh, I was, I was glad we were able to meet up and everything. So, and I was glad the show was good for you too. So, um, so, but getting back to, to the Kickstarter. So you said like you have a lot of, you know, these oddball, you know, sketches and, and drawings that you do and everything else. I don't know if you'll be able to answer this easily or not, or you might have a few examples. What's like the weirdest thing that, like you said, the, the unicorn thing just came from, you know, one night of, you know, having a couple drinks and just a weird thought and that was it. What would you say is like the weirdest thing you've ever had as a thought that you actually put in paper? You've had weirder huh. things in your mind that never made it to paper, but. Huh. Uh, that's a good question. Um, you, I, I don't know if I can actually pinpoint, um, cause I don't have the, the book in front of me, but, uh, a lot of times it's usually, and you, you guys know Chris. Okay, yeah. Chris. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Was so he the, with you or no? No. Well, uh, he, usually when we're at conventions together, um, and it, 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 if it's a slow show or you've hit that point in the show where there's a big gap in commissions, I'll still draw, but uh, if he's there, I'll just try to make him laugh or he'll say something while I'm drawing. And so I'll, I'll just come up with these ridiculous <laughs> drawings just to try to see if I can make him laugh. And some of those are in the book um, and they're hard to describe. <laughs> um, and, and some of them I don't even know if would make anybody else laugh. But, you know, there's uh, the, the one that's kind of hazily coming to mind is a, a Charlie Brown, a goofy Charlie Brown looking character that's being petted by a tentacle guy. That's just, you know, it's just some weird <laughs> stuff like that. Um, but, but some of the things that Chris will come up, you know, Chris comes up with these, these scenarios. It's like, he's, and, and you guys will know what I'm talking about. It's like, he's the funniest guy I've ever met, but he doesn't tell jokes, right? He yeah. just says things right. and he says things. And it, sometimes he comes up with these characters or scenarios that he'll just start going into that are hilarious. And so I'll draw them. So there's one that my favorite one that I don't think anybody really thinks is as funny as I do is a is a police officer going freeze. It's me, the police, which I think is hilarious, because why would a police officer just identify himself (laughs) as the police? (laughs) (laughs) So I'll sit there and try to try to sketch out things that Chris says, which would be a good book, actually. Maybe that'll be my next one. Things things that Chris Chris said. That's volume two. He, he does have a quote on the back cover. I put a, he, a I asked oh. him for a quote that I could put uh, on the book, and so he he came up with a quote for it, and it's going to be on the back cover. Awesome, awesome. Um, yeah, well, you figure volume one, you can just get away with just volume one, but when you do volume two, you need a, a title for volume two. So oh yeah, stuff that Chris says 
this would be a good title. <laughs> that, yeah, that would be. Adds a little bit of mystery to it. So like, who's Chris? What's who's going Chris? on? Chris, Chris, Chris is Chris is uh, more famous than he realizes. Um, <laughs> people, I go to shows and people want to know where's Chris or tell me about Chris because he shows up on my YouTube channel and he's like, who, who is this Chris person? And Chris is not online. Like he's on the internet. He uses the internet, but he's not on any social media. Yeah. He, he doesn't want a Twitter. He doesn't want. Any, so he's like, he, so he doesn't see that stuff. He's this mystery guy. Yeah, he is. He's this big enigma and so, <laughs> that shows up, you know, wearing his anime T-shirt and his two layers of clothing on a 90 degree day um, <laughs> and sits next to me at a show. <laughs> Which and I will say also for those that don't know, Brian does have a YouTube channel and it is uh, and I'm not saying this just to kiss up. It is worth watching. Uh, because much like this show and much like a lot of things that our, our listeners like, I don't know what I'm going to get each time I'm watching one of your episodes. Like the, the sub, the topic is always, you know, gives you an idea, but it's like, it's kind of, in some cases, it's just like, like you said, it's, it's free form. It's like, this is, this is what's on my mind right now. This is what I think people might be interested in, or at least this is what I'm interested in right now. And, uh. Yeah, the, the, I mean, it's just for me, it's very informal, mostly because if I had to script it and stuff, it just I wouldn't do it. I don't have right. the time. Right. So it's just I wanted to do something for a couple of reasons. Um, I mean, I, I process information better when I talk out loud. So yeah. um, so I'll, I'll talk about art and things. And as I'm talking, it helps me. But and it also kind of as I found out, because a lot I'm mean, actually. I've been doing it a year now and I'm at a point where people are coming up to me at shows saying, Hey, I watch your YouTube channel. And, um, they're, they get, it seems to help them a lot. So, but one of the criticisms I had, like I did a, um, cause I uploaded my webcomic William the last on Webtoon. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, well, I'll just, um, I'll do a video about, Hey, it's the first week. It seemed to be going pretty well. And I did this kind of off the cuff video. Well, that video is my most watched video. It's been viewed like 70,000 times or something. Wow. And now I get so it, it's commented on all the time, and the comments like a couple of people have been like, uh, you know, you sh- you pause a lot, and <laughs> you should really write a script. And I'm like, dude, if I got to write a script, you you ain't you're not getting a video. Yeah. <laughs> so just well, say thank. I've gotten that with mine too. I totally get it. Like, so it, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get um, the people are just like, well, I I've gotten the pause comment like that you pause a lot, and I'm like, well. You understand I've been doing podcasts for eight years where it doesn't matter if I how many times I pause because people want a two to three hour show. Right. And, and then second of all, like like you said, it's a lot of times what I've been doing now because it does come more natural. It does show more of my personality is it's just free form talking. I have a topic that I'm going to talk about or a comic I'm going to talk about. And I have ideas of what I'm going to say or things I know I want to say. But where it goes once I start is anybody's guess. Yeah. And some, sometimes they end up being long because of that. And I've done some editing here and there, but I'm like, but more times than not, like you said, you just, you just kind of want it to be that stream of consciousness. So this way it's. Well, I, I'm, I'm kind of drawn to that in, I mean, to me, it's, there's, there's room for different things, right? There, there's yeah. room for the channel that's scripted yeah. the videos that are polished, but sometimes you just want to feel like you're having a conversation with somebody. Yeah. And I had a lady come up to me at, um, a show, I think it was NC Comic Con in last fall. And she's like, uh, we've been watching your videos and we feel like we know you. And I'm like, well, you do. 
really. Right. I just don't know you, <laughs> you know, right? Because because I'm not like pretending to be anybody. I'm just right. like talking to the camera. Yeah. Um. So so I d- I talk a lot about comics and making comics, but I also do like the con videos, which I feel like are just it more to amuse me. Um. <laughs> I just try <laughs> to do when I go to a con, I'm like. I need to just make this video fun and have fun editing. So those I'll kind of try to edit a little bit. Um, but the, the more informational or, you know, thought of the day kind of things was, is pretty much just kind of, you, you get what it is. Yeah. And, uh, that's it. I was just, I was just talking to someone today at work cause he found out that I do a podcast, which I don't keep secret. So I don't know how else. And he found out today that I do a podcast. Um, but we were just talking about it and I said, um, yeah, he, he was like, so what's it like, you know, when you meet people and everything else? I said, it's awesome because like you said, they get to know me, but I, that's my chance to finally get right. them. Yeah. Um, and they do feel like they know you and like, to your point, they do. And I explained to him, I was like, and he's like, oh yeah, I, would, I could see that would, how that would happen. And I was like, yeah, but that doesn't happen for everybody because some people are a, a persona either on the video or on their podcast but in real life, they're a lot more introverted. They're not who they seem to be. So when you meet them, sometimes they're not what you were expecting. I said, right. well, thankfully, I am exactly the knucklehead that you hear on the right. show. <laughs> so when you meet me, I am who you thought I was going to be. So um, well, I mean, there, there's so much of people pretending. I mean, and we do it on like, you know, people do it on Twitter and Facebook, too. You're always trying to make yourself look as good as possible. Yeah. Um, and that what and I mean, I. I feel that as much as the next guy, but I remember thinking early on when I first started doing the videos, I was like, you know, I'm just going to do this and you know, it's, and it is what it is. I'm not going to worry about being polished. Uh, it, it's kind of a, um, uh, 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 just, just a way to be a little real in a world that is very trying to, you know, wear a mask online. And I try to do that like on Twitter and Facebook too. I mean, I, I pretty much just, I don't put anything there that I wouldn't say to someone's face. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, a lot of people argue and stuff online and like, I don't do that because I'm not going to sit across from you at dinner and do that. Right. You know? Yeah. So now, uh, and, and we keep jumping back to it, but I'm, we're, we're just going to the <laughs> going back to the Kickstarter. Please, please uh, come back, come back. <laughs> This is how this show works. There's professionalism out the window. It's just ran again, random. No, that, that's called that's called branding. Right. It's completely it's completely professional. Right. Um, so one of the things I saw with the the stretch goal that you posted, and I don't know how much you want to say about it or or don't want to say about oh, it. Yeah. But uh, you were talking about including 20 pages of, and I know you mentioned it earlier of. Uh, uh, Murdoch Madstone. So what yeah. is Murdoch Madstone? Cause just the name alone had me intrigued. <laughs> Mur- Murdoch Madstone is, um, the story about, it's, it's a comic that I started putting up on, um, Webtoon. I think I've only got like five pages up. Um, and I had the idea a year, I was still at the studio when I came up with it. Um, but it, it's, it's kind of like, you know, the, 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 the fun little super cartoony, um, comic. Essentially, it's about uh, a, a supervillain mad scientist guy whose weapon misfires. And his weapon was a um, like a, a, um, a youth or it was supposed to revert his um, enemy to like a baby, right? It was supposed to be like youth, but it backfires and it shrink. It, it reverts him back to you know like 
11 years old. Okay. So he comes home. It starts out. He comes home and he decides he's going to turn over a new leaf and he's going to become an artist. But he's still surrounded by all his kind of mad creations and things <laughs> while he's trying to be respectable artists. Um, so it, it, and it's, it's just one of those kind of things that, that uh, a stupid little concept, but that I can also kind of put in kind of real things, you know, that artists and anybody that tries to promote themselves and stuff online and how, how would this guy react to that? Cause he's an, it, it, he's really an older guy who's not really the internet age and he's right. trying to be, right. trying to be an artist. So it, it's kind of a, it's just a, you know, a, a fun little cartoony comic thing. Um, nice. That I just need to get out of my system. <laughs> <laughs> I can understand that. Now, Looking at the re- rewards and everything else, um, and I, I already picked the one I wanted, so, uh, so <laughs> I'm all set. But, uh, the number one, the, to get a copy of the book itself is very reasonably priced. Um, $25 is the mm-hmm. sketch and book club. Uh, and then you're doing something in that that boggled my mind. And I don't, do, I don't know if you realize what you've done for yourself when you did this. <laughs> Um, probably not. (laughs) Sketch on the inside back cover? Oh, yeah, yeah. Are you nuts? (laughs) No, no, no. It'll, it'll be, it'll be a, a, uh, well, I always say it'll be a quick thing, but the thing, you you know, you you know, artists, professional artists that are like, they just don't draw when they're not on the job. I have a disease. Okay. Like, so when I unwind, I draw. So gotcha. Um, but it's more like I draw whatever I want to draw. Okay. Um, so the the I always I say it's going to be like a quick inked thing. Yeah, I'm sure some of them may be a little more detailed. If I hit on something, now I'm like, oh, this is really cool. Yeah. Um, but my, my I'm trying to make myself say it's just going to be like an inked, maybe a head sketch, maybe a torso, yeah. so, you know, something fun and simple, maybe something goofy like some of the sketches we've been talking about. Right. Um. I, I, so yeah, especially I I will probably for the people that just get the book. And the sketch because they don't um, get the extra commission. Right. Those might be just the line art, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the people that pay a little more because the other tiers get, uh, you know, like a nine by twelve or eleven by seventeen commission. Their yeah. sketch will probably be. Uh, I, I'm going to have to make myself just say, okay, this is just the ink sketch because they're getting this other thing too. Yeah. Um, so, but you know, yeah. Yeah. No, I just when I saw it, I was just like, and, and I understand that it could be something quick, but I was just like, man, that's going to be a lot of sketches to do. <laughs> That's why I gave myself to the fall to fulfill it. Gotcha. gotcha. <laughs> That's Smart why the fulfill, the fulfill date is October. <laughs> Smart move. Smart move. Um, yeah. And then, so you have that, you have the, uh, the $50 pledge, which is the book plus a nine by 12 inked, inked sketch, uh, which is awesome. And then, uh, there's the retailer package and then there's, uh, there's not a lot of these left. And I do plan on getting this episode out really quick after we record this, probably within the next day or so. So there's still, as of the last time I looked, there's still 12 of these available, which is for $75, you get a book plus a published page, mm-hmm. uh, which I thought that was awesome, uh, plus a f- physical copy of William the Last, uh, Chapter 1. Uh, and so, I, w- I want to interject something about William the Last. Yeah. Um, it looks like it is going to be um, solicited for the late summer, early fall. Oh, nice. So I found, I found a uh, publisher and... Um, they are moving forward, so they've got the cover mock-up sent to me yesterday, actually. So that will be 
So, so and during the summer, you will see me promoting that a lot. Okay. I was <laughs> say, are you allowed yet to say who the publisher is or not quite yet? I don't know because there was a okay. – uh, I'm waiting on a – there was some contractual things on their yeah. end, that, so I'm waiting on something well, else. Well, once you know, please let us know, and I will uh, be happy to promote that as well and let oh, everyone know. So. appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, will, um, they, will these books also be shipped from uh, the South Sea? <laughs> the pirate, the, remember the pirates had oh, taken over your, oh, your yeah. the last one? Yeah, so for those that That's don't right. know, the William the I Last. I forgot about that. Yeah, the William the Last. That was discussed uh, in the last time you were on. That Kickstarter, <laughs> yeah. There was a uh, there was some issues with the publishing being the published books being sent over. So yeah, but they all got here. They all got here. I so, got my so, copy. So, so. so I've uh, I still have like hundreds of those left. So those are. Um, so I will. I want to say this. So if you've bought a William the Last, uh, the Kickstarter version, um, because that's the issue that's going to be published first. Mm-hmm. I will say, uh, please buy the one that comes out because that's going to determine if you know sales, future sure. ones, if their series will you know go on and become a trade stuff. So yeah. a lot of people have asked, you know, is this ever going to be compiled into one big book? Well, that depends on buying the book when it comes out in the store. So yeah. Do that. Also, you will have two versions that are different because the Kickstarter version has all the extra stuff that this one will not. Right. So yep. get, get get both versions. Oh, uh, yeah. And me being the collector, and I know most of our listeners being the collectors that they are, you have to get both versions. It's just it's required. It's in. Right. You, it, you, you itch if you don't get that. So <laughs> you're like, I got to get, yeah. yeah. get them all. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so like you said, the, uh, where we left off was a $75 one. Like I said, I love the idea of the published page and, and everything else in the William the Last. Like, basically you're getting, uh, it's, it's like the, it's like the true Brian Shear package with that one. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's like every aspect of, of what, of things that you've done. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, then, uh, you have at $150, it's, uh, the color commission. Uh, which I will say is, you know, you get the book, of course, and everything, but you get the color commission, which I will say is uh, well worth the price there. Uh, and then uh, there's the $450 one, which I I actually really loved the idea that you came up with for this one. I don't know if, if this was just your idea or where you got the inspiration for this one. Of this, You'll draw a cover for the person. Yeah, I think I've seen someone else kind of do the same thing. Uh, and I was like, that's a great idea. So... So yeah, if you, they get, you know, the, the book and the digital stuff and the copy of the William Last, but, um, um, then if they have a, a, a comic or whatever, like I'll, I'll draw your, your cover for it, like pencil ink color, the whole thing. That's awesome. That's really awesome. Or if you're just somebody who I, I, I don't, maybe I shouldn't say this, cause, but I assume that this would be acceptable also for that. If you're just somebody that wants like Brian's style to be, done as a recreation cover like you're you don't have your own comic that's true but you'd like to have brian draw a recreate a cover for you of maybe one of your favorite comics or something like that in brian's style i'm I'm sure that would be a a good option for that that one as well so yeah i didn't want to speak for you but for those that don't have comics they're creating maybe that's still an option for them so um so i tried to i tried to give a good kind of spread of uh options there yeah no, I think I I love the, the options you came up with, and and again, not just saying that because I know you. It's it's honestly like that. When I saw the different options, I was like, wow, these are some really nice things that uh, are put together here. So, um, 
And then, uh, so that, you know, like I said, it's doing really well. Hopefully it continues to do well. You know, I'm hoping in the next week you actually already reach your goal and then you start working <clears throat> stretch goals. Do you have, maybe you don't want to reveal this. I don't know. Do you have other, depending on how well it does, do you have any other stretch goals in mind beyond the 10,000 or is it just, um, hey, it's 10,000 be amazing. So, well, um, I thought about, uh, as far as content, I don't have anything else right now. I mean, I may come up with something. Sure. Um, the next thing would probably be hardcover. The thing with hardcover, it's going to add some weight to the shipping. Yeah. yeah. But, but if it goes, you know, high enough, then I'd be like, okay, this needs to be hardcover, but I'd yeah. like to get the book a little thicker for a hardcover. Uh, yeah. 140, 100 and, it's like, they kicked it up to 140 pages with the extra stuff would, would be a, um, a, a good size book, but I think when you're getting more to 175, 200, that's a hardcover size. Yeah. But, uh, we'll see. Uh, who, I, I, who knows how many sketches you're going to be doing between now and then also. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> true. <laughs> that is true. So, and I will say when it comes to your sketches, one of the things I've always liked, if you're not following Brian online anywhere, you, you need to because, uh, every once in a while, like, You'll show your uh, your commissions that you're working on. You'll do the videos of like coloring and stuff like that, which I love watching those uh, of any artist, and I, I really like seeing uh, your process when it comes to that. Um, but the other things, there's there's two other things that you'll do every once in a while that just crack me up, and I absolutely love uh, when you post them. One is when it comes to your art, is those random sketches, which is like you said, it's a lot of what you'll see in this art book. It's just like. I was at the grocery store today and this is what I sketched while I was right. <laughs> at the doctor's office here. I stood a five minute, you know, sketch on this of like a guy that was sitting across from me. Um, right. Those are always amusing. And then the other thing that I always crack up at, and I don't know where you find them at. I don't know if it's just a website that has them and you just post them or if you find them somewhere or you're just a fan of them, but it's the, out of context comic panels. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I <laughs> okay. So the the out of the no context comics. That, that's my hashtag. Um, started because you know I'd find these. Um, I would be anytime I find a, a a panel, and it's usually from the golden or silver age. Yeah. Um, that it's just you can't imagine what preceded this panel to make this make sense, right? <clears throat> And um, so, so I started posting one or two of them, and I just kept going, mostly just to amuse myself. Right. Um, <clears throat> so, so yeah, I've I've just built up this kind of library. Every time I like, I'll go search for them, whether it's on Pinterest or sometimes you know, wherever. <clears throat> and and I have taken a few just for my own collection. Like I'll I'll read a book, a, a comic, an old comic, and I'm like, oh, I'm taking a picture of that. Um, <clears throat> And it's yeah, it's just this bizarre stuff. Um, yeah. Trying to look up some right now. Like, so I'm looking at one right now, and it's like a six-armed robot <laughs> sitting there across from a desk from someone, and it says, uh, "Shall we shake on it, Earth style?" And it's reaching a hand out, and the guy that's sitting there's like this bald old guy, and it just says, "Which hand?" And I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> none of it makes any sense whatsoever." Um, uh, yeah, um, a good, uh, uh, a, a treasure trove of those is the old, uh, Stardust, the space wizard. Was that what it was called? <laughs> what? Um, that, there was this comic called, I gotta look it up just to make sure. Um, 
uh, Stardust, the Super Wizard. That's what okay. it was. Okay. And it was it was from the from the first appearance was 1939, and the story of the guy who wrote this was just really kind of just crazy. But if you ever just look, because some I didn't know what it was. I was posting, I was finding these images, and the, the anatomy is off just enough to where it's just bizarre, and the story is bizarre, and it's like panel after panel of just nonsense. And um, one of the it was actually a uh, I think it was Casey Collier, one of the a Transformer artist, and I posted one. He goes, oh, that's Stardust the Super Wizard. And I'm like, what? So I had to look it up because a lot of these things I find, I don't know where they're from. And right. um, this guy drew this comic in the 30s, 40s, and I don't think he ever did anything else. But I'm trying to find the guy's name. Oh, did uh, he the, need to do anything else? <laughs> well, his name was Fletcher Hanks. Nice. And... Um, yeah, I mean, he was. Uh, oh, uh, that's what it was. He was an alcoholic, and he, he, he was very. <laughs> of, course he, of course, he was. Yeah, but he was. He was. Um, so it was very dysfunctional. But look up the Super Wizard Stardust or Stardust the Super Wizard, and just read a few panels, and it's like, dude. <laughs> even even for the '40s, when you know there were some crazy comics, this was this was the craziest. Right. So a few other ones I, I came across that you've posted. Uh, one, uh, evidently, there was a time period that you found a whole bunch of LSD references. <laughs> the, the 60s, man. <laughs> so there was uh, two cops standing over a cop that had been knocked out. <laughs> that was one of my favorites. And one says, that hippie, he threw someone, uh, something at Chris, and now he's out cold in mackerel. And the other cop says, was it LSD he threw or what? <laughs> Because, you know, you throw LSD at somebody. You know, that was... And then there's one where there's a guy that looks like Jimmy Olsen being hugged by a woman, and he's and he's thinking or saying to himself, I must be daydreaming. Maybe someone slipped me a dose of LSD. Yeah. (laughs) Somebody on... uh, Because I started posting these on Instagram at first, and um, somebody said, I would love for you to do a calendar of these, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, man, the rights for that would be a nightmare. Right. But, but that would man, be fantastic. What a fantastic <laughs> but I will say my personal favorite of recent times that you posted uh, on Instagram was the the guy who looks kind of like Hell's, Damien Hellstorm because he's he's got the cape, mm-hmm. but he's bare chested, and he's got an old guy for his knee, <laughs> and he's spanking him. And it just says, I'll take care of you my own way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you can tell that one was drawn in like the 40s. It yes. has a very 40s vibe to it. So I, I thoroughly appreciate that. And I, I think I meant to tell you that when I saw you was that, you know, I really love <laughs> those uh, those comic panels. <laughs> oh, uh, like they, 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 um, they make me laugh. So, <laughs> yeah. They make me laugh. So, so yes, please follow Brian on Instagram because uh, you'll get those. You'll get, um, you know, you'll post your commission stuff. You'll post the video. I will say one of the commissions you did recently, I was absolutely blown away by was, and I don't know how hard it was to do, but the Metroplex and in city form. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was, um, that, that kind of came out a lot easier than I thought it would. Um, but I, yeah, I had fun. Fun doing that one. It was not not many people ask for uh, uh, Metroplex 
in his city mode. Right. <laughs> so I was like, man, how am I how am I gonna make this interesting? So um so yeah, it came out it came out really well, really yeah, good. I, I think imagine, I had fun. I can't imagine you get a lot of requests of people wanting them in their alt mode. I assume everyone wants them in their robot um, version. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, alt modes in general are not are not um big sellers. So <laughs> but I actually had once I did that I actually had somebody else Say, oh, that was my first Transformer. How much is that? And I'm like, um, I'll have to draw you another one because somebody yeah. that was for somebody. Yeah. Um. So getting into that realm of comics, uh, so one thing you have out right now, and I know you you mentioned before we started, like, oh yeah, that's kind of behind me now. Uh, oh. Joe Joe versus Six Million Dollar Man, uh, issue two is out at this point. Um. And so you were inking uh, our buddy Shannon on that one. Yeah, it was um, all the same creative team writer, different writer, not Larry Hama, but yeah. uh, me and um, Jim Brown and, and Shannon. So yeah, and I will say, and this is my opinion, and I shared this with Brian when I met with him, and uh, I'm sure I'm going to share this when I do my video of it. Um, is that it? As much as I love Larry Hama and love what he did for G.I. Joe. Uh, the thing I've enjoyed about Joe vs. Six Million Dollar Man is that it has a lot of the feel of a real American hero without all of the technical, hey, I know a lot of military things, so I'm going to tell you all about it, uh, writings that Larry tends to throw into his writing. And I know there's fans out there that love that, like when Larry talks about, like, this particular gun or this particular fighting pattern and all that. I'm like, yeah, but that's when you, that's when Larry yeah. used me as a reader. Right. Um, I like the character stuff and, and there's a lot more character stuff with the writer on this one. Um, how, how was it working on, on this? Did it feel like just kind of like the <clears throat> same old, the real American hero or was it a little bit? Different? No. Um, you know, I think for all of us, we all, as much as I love working on real American hero, well, actually I'm still, working on real American hero, but I mean, we can talk about that later. Um, as much as I love that, that you know, we had all been on the book for so long. Um, I think just switching up to something that's kind of new, but kind of the same for me, at least, uh, I don't know about the other guys, but, uh, it was kind of revitalizing. It's like, Oh, this is different, you know? Yeah. Um, cause you introduced $6 million man and, and it's set in like 83 and, um, it, it to me it really felt like watching the old TV show kinda you know it's like it's I like had that vibe of the cartoon and the, the it's like the next season of the Six Million Dollar Man that never aired. Gotcha. Uh, that's how it felt to me. And um, so yeah, I think I, I had I had a lot of fun just doing something that was familiar but fresh to me. Gotcha. Uh, just because I had been on Real American Hero that continuity for so long. Um, and I, I loved, uh, like, I think issue two is probably my favorite uh, okay. of the whole. I know you haven't read it yet, so I won't spoil yeah. it, but yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, now, I, we know that Shannon was a, a fan of Six Million Dollar Man. Were you also, like, growing up and everything else, or was it kind of, like, for me, Six Million Dollar Man was one of those shows I, I watched occasionally. I wasn't, like, a diehard fan, but I would watch it. Uh, every once in a while, were you? Where were you when it came to like I, that side side of it? Um, I caught a little bit of it here and there. Um, my my uh, my Lee Majors. Um, I, 
Lee Majors will always be the fall guy to me. <laughs> Same here. Uh, I have the fall guy lunchbox. I've got, you know, uh, I want in third grade, I wanted to be a, a stuntman. I remember I had to, you had to draw what you wanted to be when you grew up, and I drew stuntman because I was watching the fall guy. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I watched the Bionic Man a little bit, but I not enough to know, uh, you know, on the comic, oh, this is wrong. This needs to be changed. Whereas Shannon was like, um, the very first issue, um, originally there was no comment. And you, have you both read the first issue? Yes, I yes. did. Okay. Yeah. So there was no comment about the upgrade to his stuff for the cold. Right. Because it starts out in the cold and that was a big thing in the show. Shannon, Shannon wrote it is like, uh, it's, it was a big deal in the show that he's susceptible to cold. And so that they added the, Ryan added the line about the, um, you know, these upgrades are you know, just one line fixed it. Right. Um, the other thing was, um, there was, you know, things where he wore the bracelet and I think, uh, at one point the, I, I think I and me and Jim both kind of interpreted it as a glove and he's like, no, that's the bracelet, blah, blah, blah. So there's little things that Shannon picked up on that could keep the, which I think really helped the keep it feeling like the bionic man because, yeah. um, the only thing that I contributed was originally the, 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 um, uh, the credits page, you know, the backstory page or whatever, right. listed the date as 1976. And I'm like, um, Time Bandits did not come out in 76, and that's on the marquee. So, right. right. Um, so they scrapped that. So it's, it's, well, I guess 83 is when Time Bandits yeah. came out. Yeah. So, so that, that, that's the year. That oh, yeah. We talked it. about that on our, uh, movies of 1983 episode. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big fan of Time Bandits. So, yeah, that's, yeah, that, that was a big no-no. So nice catch. Uh, <laughs> um, so did, since you were, it was just kind of here and there. Was it one of those things where, when, because you were, were working on it, did you like learn something about Six Million Dollar Man that you didn't really know before, or was it? Um, <clears throat> I don't, I don't think so. Um, other than the cold thing, which I didn't know was a big deal. Um, I'm, I, we had a. Uh, my wife bought me the first season, or maybe it was a complete series of Six Million Dollar Man, and we haven't watched it all. Like we bought before all this, okay. Um, so now I have to go and watch all of them. Um, and you'll be like, "Oh no, we got that wrong." <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no, because Shannon wouldn't let it be wrong. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so now I need to go back and. Now that I've got, you know, Lee Major's face likeness permanently engraved in my eyeballs from inking him <laughs> for <laughs> four issues. <clears throat> um, so going from that to uh, another Joe title that is coming out that you uh, well, number one, you did the cover for uh, one of the covers for number 250. Yeah, which is awesome. Uh, and uh, and then. After 250, we're getting some, you know, special missions episodes uh, or, or issues. Um, and you actually get to do, well, maybe get to do is not the best term, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, you were tasked to do. Uh, no, uh, you got to do. I, I bugged. I bugged. I've been bugging my editor for more yeah. penciling work um, yeah. because I saw him. The first time I saw him in San Diego, you know, we had, they had a shift in editors and Joe stuff. And yeah, I, I saw Tom I was like, you know, I do draw finger quotes, you know, I, like, right. I don't just think he's like, Oh, send me your stuff. And so I sent him the stuff and he's like, Oh, this is great. And he had me, that's when he had me do 250. 
yeah. uh, the cover. And then I did, I've done um, cover for a Ghostbusters cover since then. Yeah. And um, then he's said, um, you want to do uh, issue 253 of Real American Hero? I'm like, yes, I do. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I'm not going to turn it down after saying I want more wrestling right. work. So um, even though it involves Duke, I am I'm willing to accept that. Um, <laughs> Are you not a fan of Duke? No, I I have been a Flint fan my whole life. So well, that, Flint Flint was my favorite as a kid. Yeah. So there there's always been that like we joke about it on the show. I do like Duke. Duke is perfectly fine. But if you're going to give me uh, who is your favorite leader of GI Joe or who's your favorite Joe, it's going to be Flint every time. And right. Duke is second fiddle to me. Um, I will admit he's the, he's the lead de facto leader. That's fine. Whatever. He's the guy that sits at back at base and tells everyone what to do. Flint's the one that actually leads the team into ba- into yeah. the war, into the trenches. Yeah. And I will say the biggest thrill for me was being able to talk to Bill Ratner, uh, when we did episode 100, uh, because I got to talk to someone, you know, that's, that was Flint. Right. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. So, uh, but no, I am actually, I'm looking very much looking forward to, um, uh, issue 253. So, well, um, I got the script day before yesterday, I think. Okay. A lot, lot. So I've laid out, uh, that's what I've been doing the last two days is laying that issue out and sent in the first seven pages and the editor came back and said, Larry liked them. So moving ahead with that. And, um, yeah, I, I, I post so many, uh, sketches and things you know, online, a lot of people were saying, I'd love to see you draw a Joe issue. Several people had said that. So I'm like, well, uh, actually, um, yeah. <laughs> so now I'm like, well, I can't screw this up. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you played the, um, actually card. So you actually do have to yeah. deliver yeah. now, <laughs> uh, but it is, uh, um, it is, it's a different, like with Larry, with the special mission stuff. Um, I think people will, will like it because, you know, with, uh, up until this point, Real American Hero has been a lot of, you know, there's a lot of, there's a huge, uh, backstory, right? right. I mean, right. we're 250 issues in and that's a hard place to jump in. If you want to give an issue to a friend, give some of these special mission because they're self-contained issues. That's what I was going to ask because I figured that was safe to at least ask that these are pretty much one and yes. done type stories. Yeah, they are. They'd be good. Just self-contained 20 page story about, uh, about a Joe. Um, and there are other Joes, uh, well, I can't speak for the other, I haven't seen the other scripts, but I mean, other Joes make appearances and things. So, I mean, Larry always writes it as a team book. Um, but, um, but after reading the script, I'm like, no, this is actually, this is, this, this is, this is a good story. It's a good Duke story. Uh, I was going to say, and I know this one focuses on Duke. Is there, and again, if you rather not reveal, that's perfectly fine. Is there any other kind of secondary or central focused characters that will make appearances in there that, or is it pretty much Duke versus Cobra at this, in this story? Um, I don't, I don't want to say. Okay. I'll, yeah, yeah. I'll just say it'll be a, it'll be a, um, a good, um, good fleshing out of the Duke character, even after, even though he's been around for, you know, 30 some years. Fair enough. Sounds good. Um, and I think, and and you might not know the answer to this. I think it's going to be just like about five issues of these special missions. And then I, I don't, who knows what comes so. after that, but I, yeah. yeah, I don't know what comes next. I don't know if they know what comes next. <laughs> right. so, uh, you know, who, who knows? So, um, uh, yeah, I, I think that's right. I think there's a, well, there's a Baroness issue before mine. And then after there's a Destro coming out and then there's, uh, 
um, oh, who's there's one Scarlet. Scarlet. There's the first one is um, um, oh my gosh, I can see the cover. The name of my Joe Cred is slipping. It's like trying to think <laughs> of an actor you know, and it's on the tip of your tongue. But yeah, I think Stalker. Stalker. Yes. Yeah. Stalker. Stalker. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, so I think there's five, I think there's five so far, but you, it would, I think it would be great to see it go on maybe just a little bit longer. Cause I know yeah. the special missions fans, I mean, there, you know, you have your, you have your real American hero fans, but you also have fans, of the special missions. And I, I think the special missions fans will, uh, will appreciate it. Well, and I will say that was one of the things I really liked that, um, IDW did when it was, when they were doing the IDW continuity was they would do the issues, uh, for GI Joe Origins, the title they called Origins for a while. And those a lot, oftentimes were like one or two issue story arcs and that was it. Um, yeah. you get to focus on just one Joe. Like you said, some extra characters here and there, but it was mostly focused on one particular Joe or one particular Cobra character, and that was it. And um, I really liked those for that reason, because you don't really get, in this day and age of like writing for the trade and stuff like that, you don't really get very many one-and-done stories anymore. Yeah. Two-and-done stories, so. Yeah, it'll um, be a good place for people to, um, to hop on board if they're, even if they just remember Joe from a kid and they haven't caught up with the real American hero, don't be scared by the fact that it's number 250, whatever. Yeah. Just, just pick it up. And I will say, um, you know, talking about Larry, like in the tech stuff, I have been given folders of reference material, folder, <laughs> plural folders of reference material <laughs> for equipment. Well, you better make sure you get it right. Oh, I know. <laughs> I am well aware of getting of getting that right. Well, I'm sure you've been advised by a few people that you know. <laughs> yes, yeah, I am. I am. I'm not going to incur the wrath of uh, any any uh, creator and or fans <laughs> for getting the tech wrong. Right now, um, I, I think the fans are. Well, maybe I'm wrong. I was to say I think the fans might be a little bit more forgiving, but then no, really they all no, they're a little more. <laughs> I think the fans will probably be more forgiving. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, so here's a question for you because uh, now branch branching more into do me being able to do more of your own art and everything else. If you could have your dream job as far as the dream, I should say dream character, not dream job. Everyone's dream job is just to make lots of money and not have to do anything. But <laughs> <laughs> that's um, actually not my. That's that's actually no. not my dream. Really? No, I I I want to make enough money to um uh do my own uh stories and be able to do like other like GI Joe transfer that kind of stuff uh when I want to. Okay, fair enough. So if you had to pick um an existing character out there, anything whether it's independent, uh, Marvel, DC, anything like that, licensed property, anything. What would like? What would be the ideal character for you to draw a comic for? Man, or even uh, write a character because obviously you do your own writing as well. So that's a good question. Um, I know I just threw out like a million characters that you have to pick <laughs> from now. So. Pick, pick, pick from anything in pop culture from the last <laughs> century, and you can do it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's things I'd like to take a stab at. Um, uh, I'd like to take a stab at the the turtles. Um, I could see I, that. That cool. Yeah. Um, I'd like to. Um, oh man, 
That, that is a hard. And I'm trying to think of like, you know, um, I, you know, I would like to do because I grew up like when I really got into to, to like superhero comics, for example. Yeah, I, I was in like I love the old Justice League International when it was just kind of goofy. Oh, yeah. The Blaha Hire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I would love to do something with like Booster Gold and Blue Beetle. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I would, I would want to like write something and do the whole thing. I think the fans, comic book fans out there, have been wanting that title for I don't know how long, and I don't know why DC won't just make it. <laughs> I, I don't know, but, but that that that's that yeah I, that would be that would be a middle school Brian's um, you know the the ode to middle school Brian. Here you go. Nice. So here's a question that I've seen someone post uh, once before, and it, and one of the answers might be the same that you just mentioned there, but. What do you, what character do you think would be the easiest? Because again, you you write and draw and everything else. So, what character or characters would be the easiest for you to write and draw, and which characters would you do you think would be the hardest for you to write and draw? Man, where are you coming up with these questions? I just I'm on the, I'm on the interwebs. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like it's like uh, it's like you've done a podcast for over two hundred. Right. <laughs> episodes. Um, let's see. So the question was, what would be the hardest and what would be the, the easiest? Easiest. So like I said, it might be Booster Gold and Blue Beetle for you. Mm. Might be the easiest. I don't know if that's the easiest, but what would I don't be, know the if that'd easiest? be the easiest? Easiest. Um, at this point, I think probably uh, a Transformers thing as far as coming up with a, a story. Mm-hmm. I, I think I could do fairly easy because I've just, I mean, that was my Transformers were my thing as a kid and I've worked on the books and sure. and stuff. So I think I could, I could come up with a, a good Transformers thing. The hardest, um, I think probably the hardest might be writing, um, writing a real American hero story with lots of the, the team characters. Okay. That, that that would be tricky, I think, to pull off. Okay. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like now. Now I'm thinking about you know all of pop culture. What would be hard? Right. Um, but uh, no, no, I take that back. I take that back. It would it would probably be a character that I'm familiar with, but I don't know enough. It would probably be a DC or Marvel character that I know the character, but I don't know the lore and the myth enough. Okay. To, to really pull off like i would have to do research joe i'm pretty familiar with yeah so yeah yeah and i i thought of that the one day too because i was like i someone posted something about um oh i know i was watching uh the punisher netflix series and mm-hmm. which is awesome but i was watching it and i go man if i had to write a punisher story i would be awful at it <laughs> Because I don't really know this. To your point, I don't know enough about the character to okay, write a I, good Punisher story. I, I, w- I would have a hard time walking, uh, doing a Walking Dead comic. Okay. And and so so yeah. Now that you bring that up, um, that would be difficult. Not because uh, only because it's so. I, I don't enjoy that. Like I I watched Walking Dead and I quit because it was uh, at a certain point it was just like let's make these people suffer. <laughs> as much as possible with no resolution. Right. And I cannot write that because that's just not like, I don't, I don't see the world that way. I there's guess. not much, there's not much hope in that show. Right. It's like, it's like if I did it, if I did it, there would have to be some answers. Right. Like definitive answers right. and a little bit of hope. 
Right. And if they wanted me to do this kind of apocalyptic, nothing matters, it's just struggle for survival, the end, it's like, that would be hard. Right. Which I don't know if if you guys know or, uh, or have heard this before, um, as far as what Kirkman's original pitch was for The Walking Dead, how he no. made the comic made. No. So he went to Image and was like, uh, I want to do uh, a zombie apocalypse type comic. And they're like, oh, zombie apocalypse, they don't sell and, you know, they've been done to death and everything else. You know, come up with something else, you know, even if you want to, like, do something different when it comes to that, we need something different. And he's like, all right. So he, he comes back and he goes, all right, so here's what I want to do is I'm going to be a zombie apocalypse, but I'm going to leave clues throughout the issues that show that the origin of the zombie apocalypse, it was an alien invasion. It was a virus that the aliens put in down on the planet to help wipe us out so they could make it easier for us, for them to come down and conquer us. And they're like, oh, we love it. You know, that's awesome. <laughs> so we're still waiting on the aliens. So, so he <laughs> goes in and does the issues. And of course, it's a big success in, in just comics before it even becomes a TV show. It's a big success in just in comics. So they're like, you know, this has been really great. It's been selling well and everything else, you know, but we've been looking for the clues throughout the whole thing <laughs> for this alien invasion. You know, can you point us to where the clues are? He goes, oh, there's no alien invasion. I just made that up to sell it. <laughs> oh, man. Thank God it sold. <laughs> and it wasn't, didn't he say that uh, basically this is a soap opera with zombies? Yes. That So there's no, don't look for like answers. Don't look right. for resolution. I'm like, see that there, you just, you've kind of done, it's kind of like lost, you know? See, now you're hitting me at the heartstrings because I loved Lost. Lost. I I loved Lost, but then, but you know, they they came out that uh, they did a lot of things that they never intended to resolve. Yes. And so it's like, oh, you're just screwing with me. Well, and that's the thing. I listened to this, or I watched the show uh, talking with Chris Hardwick where he had uh, Damon Lindelof on. And Lindelof said one of the problems that they, he said, you know, because they were like, what mistakes did you make doing Lost that, you that well, like what did you learn from doing loss? And he says the thing we learned was we should have never told people that you're going to get answers. He <laughs> says because we knew in advance that you weren't going to get answers. We knew yeah. that some of the things were just not going to be able to be explained. So he says we should have come out and said that. The problem is he says we came out and told everyone about the middle of the seasons. Don't worry, everything's going to be explained. And then he says and then we didn't explain everything. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know there there's a. In stories, it's good. Like, I hate when everything's explained away. Like the, the whole midichlorian thing, right? Oh, oh, don't even get me started on that. <laughs> so, like, like there needs to be some mystery, but when you set the expectation that you're going to find an answer and you set it up as a mystery to be solved, then, then you can't just, like, you know, pull the rug out from under people and leave yeah. them going, oh, where was the answer? Yeah, so. exactly. John, um... I'm going to throw actually the same question to you. I know you're not a creator, but if you had to create a, create a comic or work on a comic, is there an easy character, a character you think would be easy for you to work on as far as like writing a story? And is there a character you think would be very difficult for you to write a story about just one story to it? Not like a series or anything like that. If John's there. Hold on. I'm sorry. Hold okay. on a minute. You t- no, I didn't. Sorry, Jacob's trying to. You tell Jake. You tell Jacob. 
But Brian said you, you tell Jacob. You are talking to Brian Shearer. That I am talking to Brian Shearer. <laughs> and that he needs to know his place. And he need, you need to know your place. And sit down and be quiet. Sit down and be quiet. Children, <laughs> children should be seen and not heard. Children should be seen and not heard. <laughs> Have you seen Have you he's, seen pictures of him? He's yeah, not a child. Yeah, anymore. he's probably like taller than me now, isn't he? Is he, like, is he like six foot eight? <laughs> <laughs> he's, he, yeah. He <laughs> uh, no, I'm sorry. So yeah, easy but, and hard, easy yeah. and difficult. So again, I know you're not a, a create a comic book writer. No, you're right. I'm not. Like, uh, but is there a character that you feel like if you had to tell a story that would be easy for you to tell a story, and what character would be the most difficult for you to tell a story about? I think the most difficult would be Superman. Okay. I think that's difficult for a lot of people. Because, creators. yeah, I think that, uh, I think there are so many iterations and, and what you see was we've talked about on the show before. I'm a big Christopher Reeve guy. I love those early movies. What I, what's out now is not, it's not my bag. And, yeah. uh, I think there's a it's a tonal thing, right? Is it truth, justice, the American way? What is what's what's his driving force? So that would be really difficult, really easy. Um, Snake Eyes, he doesn't talk. <laughs> we we kind of know his deal. Just give him a bunch of bunch of ninjas to fight and make it a chop sock and we're ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's 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 fun. Yeah, I the. <laughs> I'd say the Watchmen would be really hard too, but you just read some old Charlton comics, you could probably figure it out. That's but, true. Uh, That's true. Stardust yeah. the Space Wizard. <laughs> <laughs> that would be very difficult to write. <laughs> it would be hard. It would be hard to write that bad. That that's like the B movie kind of bad, right? It's like that's, bad that's, but entertaining. Yeah, that's where you're. You you definitely have had to have a few drinks when you start writing. Yeah. Hey, hey Ryan, I got after doing it. I got another tough one: strawberry shortcake. Oh yeah, <laughs> because I have no context other than the smell of those damn dolls from, the, from the, <laughs> Rain, my uh, sister had them as a kid. <laughs> Rainbow bright. Yeah. Now, see, those things would be—I uh, don't want to say easy for me, but those things I can at least—I'd be able to come up with stuff just because I had a younger sister and she collected all that stuff. So I and I would watch the cartoons because that's what she watched. So there was. You know, I could watch my cartoons and she watched her cartoons. So I, I at least know the stories and the concepts of them. So you, you've been uh, commi- uh, contracted to write the Light Bright comic. <laughs> <laughs> I could do it. I, I'm super, surprised they haven't made a movie out of it. I mean, aren't super, they doing Super computer is li- the Light Bright is a super computer. Right. Uh, that's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's a start. You, you work, turns into Hal. <laughs> mm. Yeah. It always has to go dark. Right. Well, it has to go dark at least for a little bit. Right, right, right. That middle arc (laughs) that kind of turns everything dark, like, are the heroes going to win? Yeah, for me, it was, uh, when I saw that question posted, mine was uh, the easiest for me would probably be a a Captain America or a Green Lantern story, because I've been a Green Lantern fan since I was a little kid watching Super Friends, so uh, writing a Green Lantern story would be very easy, and Captain America, just because that's like, if I had to pick a character that I identify the most with, as far as like values and things like that, and how he would approach things like that's a character I can, I 
I can identify the most with. Character that would be the most difficult for me would be Punisher or uh, Wolverine. Uh, as much as I like both those characters and I like stories that I read about those, I would have the hardest time writing those characters because I don't relate to either one of them. I don't know enough. Like Wolverine, I know quite a bit of his history. Punisher, I don't. Um, but uh, I always like Wolverine as part of a team. So writing a solo book of a solo story of Wolverine would be very difficult. Again, I don't identify with the character or anything like that. So I was not the badass growing up and I am not the badass now. So, <laughs> so writing a story about any character that is a complete badass, it just doesn't work for me. <laughs> um, so here's the question for you. Cause uh, like you said, I'm a podcaster. So I pick up on additional questions to <laughs> I've been doing this for a while. Um, so, since Transformers would be the easiest for you, who would who would be your cast of characters that you would want to write in your story? You don't have to obviously you don't have to come up with a story, but who yeah. would who well, would, it, it, it would definitely be the the um, Generation One characters that like maybe the um, back from the first two seasons of the old cartoon when it was just like a handful of characters. Right. Um, like Optimus, Ironhide, you know, Mirage. I would have to have Mirage in there because he was my first Transformer. Oh, nice. Um, but I, I, I like the, the limited palette of characters. Yes. Because there's so many and Transformers can get, can get hard, visually hard to decipher. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, <laughs> especially, and they wouldn't be on Cybertron. They would be on Earth. Okay. Um, but just an like a, a fun um, handful of characters set on Earth, um, probably even in the eighties, okay. like like a throwback kind of eighties uh, yeah. story with with a handful of characters. I would love to see that. Nice. Um, and the thing I like about that I like about IDW that they kind of preserve that G1 kind of feel, but they moder- modified it, you know, of course, mo- yeah. modernized it. Um, and, and I'd like to see that, but an old eighties story told. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I will say when it comes to transfer, I'm, uh, those that don't know, uh, IDW has announced it, that, uh, transformers will be ending as far as, uh, their, I, the IDW run of transformers, well, it's uh, the, the current continuity. Right, the current continuity with the Unicron story, which the first issue of that will come out on Free Comic Book Day. Um, but they've also announced that they will be doing a, a reboot, essentially, yeah. in the yeah, fall. Yeah, a lot of people were saying, oh, they've lost the license. Like, no, they're they're basically tying up this whole universe they've been creating. Right. Right. And they're going to do new things. So and They're going to uh, do Bayformers going forward. No, just kidding. So... Uh, <laughs> No, no, I have never met another Transformer artist that likes drawing those, by the way. No, no, I can't imagine. Um, I imagine they're horrible. They're, they're, they are horrible. Um, but, but yeah, so I, I've, I've, I'm, I'm putting my name in the, the, the pot there to do some Transformer stuff. I'm awesome. talking to my editor and send him some stuff. And I'm like, I do draw Transformers too. Um, so <laughs> maybe I'll, maybe I'll get to do that 80s-esque That'd Transformers awesome. book. Yeah. 
Well, and that's the thing. I, I am actually glad that they're, uh, and I know it's not often that people are glad to see a reboot happen, but I am glad to see IEW do a, a reboot of Transformers for a couple of reasons. One is I feel like we've had an awesome, amazing run of Transformers, and it's been, uh, there's highs and lows, of course, with any series when it goes on for a while, but I feel like overall the Transformers run has been very solid. It's been a lot of fun. Um, I have all the, the hardcovers that have been coming out and stuff like that. I have all the issues as they've come out and, uh, it's, it's been very enjoyable overall. Uh, but I do feel like it's gotten such a complex web of things going on. Yeah. What time for reboot because of that? But it's hard for people to get on board. Yeah. And it, it's like they, it's like they, they've done a good job building this universe. And this is just my opinion. Yeah, but done a good job building universe. But to get a a book, you know, it, it's like if you do that over over the course of a decade or so, and you do it well, you've kind of created the problem that Marvel Comics has getting people on board with you know seventy years of backstory, right? Right. It's right. like where do you start? Right. Uh, it's like oh well, it's only ten years old. I mean, I have ten years worth of titles to read. Right. Um, that are a lot of a lot of titles, but uh, two, the good thing I think about an ending is how often do you get a company that does a good run of things and then gets to tie it up in a nice little neat ending? Right. Right. And then reboot it. But you've got right. this self-contained universe from, because like, you know, Dreamwave. The end, yeah. yeah. Usually they lose the license. A, a right. kind of like Dream, Dreamwave lost the license and then that just there was no resolution. I'm still sad about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's the thing, like, uh, and I know IDW. Uh, or at least I believe they still have the rights to all that Dreamwave stuff, and I'm still waiting for them to just release the like a, a nice collection of the Dreamwave stuff. Um, so if they're listening, yeah. please give me that. Um, I, I understand it never ended. I get that. I still want it. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I have, no, I, yeah, I, I remember when um, on the trade or hardcover on my shelf. That's what I want. So I remember when that that first when it would, they they brought back Transformers after. Um, Transformers being gone for so long, um, and and I hadn't, I, I never really read the Transformer comics. I mean, I was a, a, a cartoon guy, yeah. But um, when that 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 the Dreamwave comic came out at a time when I would, you know, n- the eighties nostalgia was just starting to really percolate. Yeah. And when it came out, and it was like I remember that first issue. Megatron, they, they uncover Megatron and he steps on a dude and kills a guy. And I'm like, holy crap, Megatron's killed a human, you know, it was like, <laughs> yeah. This, this. Well, and that's the thing that was coming out and the devil's do, uh, version of GI Joe yeah. out right then. And then there was, uh, the wild storm version of Thundercats was coming out. So it was like you said, the eighties nostalgia was, and there was also the Voltron, uh, devil's do was coming out at that time. There was just all this eighties nostalgia that was coming out right at that time. And the, the art was beautiful, um, so and it had that G1 cartoon look to it all. So it was, like you said, it was it was just amazing. And then to find out that it just it just ended. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. And there was, you know, for me, I quit reading it when there was a. Um, <clears throat> I, I don't even remember the story arc. I, I just remember the art got confusing to me okay. because there was something so complex that I didn't know what I was looking at anymore. Gotcha. And I was just like, I just can't read it anymore. Yeah. The one that got confusing for me, but I love it now looking back at it and rereading it and stuff like that was when they started doing the war within 
storylines because it was oh, like yeah. the early days of Cybertron and stuff like that. And for some reason, when it came out, it confused me a little bit. And I don't know why, but it did. Um, and I, and I bought them and I read them, but I was like, I'm just not quite getting this. And then they did like the MicroMasters uh, miniseries, and that got more confusing. Then they did the, the, the War Within might have been where I stopped. Yeah, I think there were, I, I can still see a, a, a progression of three or four panels where I remember thinking I have no idea who or what I'm looking at. Right. And going, I just uh, I'm tired. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Um, but like I said, looking back on it now, I really, and like I said, I've reread the stuff and I really do enjoy it. And I don't know if it's just looking at it with more mature eyes now and yeah. reading it and stuff, but it was, um, but I actually love it. And like I said, I'm, I know they, the IDW did the, uh, omnibus of the war within stuff, uh, which never finished either. Uh, <laughs> they, they did like two or three miniseries and then like the third miniseries only made it to issue two and it was only gonna be four issues. So we only got halfway through the story. Um, yeah. but yeah, at least I'm still waiting. Like, like they said, I want IDW still collect the main Dreamwave stuff in some. Well, I'm, I'm wondering if that'll be something they do now that the whole, you know, reboot could be kind of thing. It'll just be an option to, you know, get, give more stuff out there. Right. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know whether that, I mean, last I heard, they don't, I don't know. That, I don't know that they're going to, they know what they're going to do yet. So yeah. Yeah. Um, but the other thing I was going to say that's good about the reboot is uh other reason why I'm looking forward to it is because like you said it's been a it'll be a nice finite series so you have a, you have that going for you but with the reboot is you get to bring back a lot of these characters that have been gone for a while right right so there's been a lot of characters that actually did die and they've been gone for quite a while and now we get to kind of bring them back again uh for a whole new uh new start, new fresh start and everything else. So, yeah. So that'll be fun too. Um, it would, it would, uh, hopefully I'm hoping I can get in there and, and actually draw some transformers. I mean, I, um, it's, I, I you know, I, the, the weird thing is I do more, I guess it's not, I mean, transformer fan base is a little bit bigger than GI Joe at this point. Yeah. Um, and so most of my commissions are transformers at shows. Right. And it, it's, it, it was interesting to see because I, I, um, I mean, I've been on Joe for so long and it's only been in the last two years that I think more Joe fans have started to realize, oh, he does GI Joe and come yeah. up to me at shows. Um, the Transformer fans immediately were like, can you draw this? Can you draw this? Can you draw this? <laughs> and the Joe fans were kind of like, who are you? Oh, yeah. okay, you've been on it. Oh, oh, you've been on it for 40 issues. I guess I'll accept you. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I think it was just because that the, the fan base, again, being bigger and they were bringing in that, that Transformer series was bringing in a lot of younger readers, especially female. There was a, there's a huge contingent of female Transformer fans from especially more than meets the eye. Oh, okay. And I was, you know, I mean, I'm a child of the eighties. So the Transformers were the guy toys, you know, right, right. Um, but I, I'd had several girls that would come up and go, Oh, I love this issue. I cried at this issue. And when they would tell me this, I'm like, really? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's transformer. <laughs> but, but, you know, that, that's, yeah, you know, it's robots. <laughs> um, but not the, the, it, it did do a good job of bringing in new readers in the sense that it, they love these characters. Yeah. They loved the, the characters in the more than meets the eye series. And, um, uh, so yeah, 
I, that's probably why, because they, they had a huge batch of, of new fans come in that, uh, that the Joe fans just took longer. It, it just took longer for them to realize I was doing also yeah. doing GI Joe. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, when it comes to a lot of my, uh, friends that I talk to and everything else, and, and even the, the friends that I have that are listeners of the show and everything else, they, you know, I, I think a lot of people want the, this type of reboot for the Joe stuff too. When it comes to at least the IDW continuity, they just, they're like, can we just reboot it? Can we just start fresh again? Because the IDW continuity has gone in such a weird way, it's weird direction that it's just like, okay, can like we, we went from ultra serious to ultra zany and it's all supposed to be the same continuity. And like, can we just kind of stop and let's just restart it? Right. Um, so I think that's what a lot of the Joe fans want. Um, but yeah, I would love to see you doing um, Transformers. I'm, I'm curious how much you will still look forward to doing Transformers if you're having to do issues, though, like a series <laughs> of, of the same character. That 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 would that that would be interesting. Because um, <laughs> a commission here and there is is fine. Well, well, I've done a, t- a you've done a lot ton of, of yeah. commissions. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it would definitely be a different a different thing doing a sequential. Sequential pages with all the robots. Yeah. Um, but it, it, you know, here, the thing with, um, uh, getting more penciling work after inking for so long is that I, I found that, you know, the challenge of laying, I mean, cause I mean, I've been doing my own stuff, like with William the Last and everything, you know, so I, I kind of got the, the penciling, inking, coloring, the whole art, quote unquote, full art chore kind of thing out of my system through the yeah. creator and stuff. Um, but, I, I kind of get energized by the the whole challenge of laying out the pages and just composing them, making sure they, you know, get in the script and, and stuff. And and after doing, you know, you do forty some issues of uh, inking, you don't you don't you're not engaging that part of your brain on the you know the on the day job, I guess. Right. So right. It's, with doing Real American Hero, I, I I'm really enjoying like oh I'm doing I'm. I'm doing a familiar title, but I'm doing a different job now. Right. Um, so it, it's, it's just more, uh, it, it's fun for me in that way. And I would like to do that for Transformers. Yeah. Uh, I think it would be an interesting challenge to get those, you know, make it read clear because I'm, I, I want the panels to read clearly yeah. because yeah. that's what turned me off as a huge Transformers fan from reading Transformers books. Right. Uh, so I would love to try to, to tell a Transformers story clearly. Yeah. Uh, uh, and then not, not, not that, not that the guys that I know my fellow Transformer artists that I know for IDW, they're not clear. No, but, no, I know what you're saying though. But yeah. like the dark, the, the Dreamway stuff back in the day. Right. Right. Uh, that, 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 that really like there was a, I don't even know who drew the stuff that turned me off, but it was like, it was so much, so yeah. much stuff. Yeah, no, and, and I I knew exactly what you meant. And I hope hopefully the listeners understand too. Yeah, the the current Transformers writers that IEW has, they do a very good job of telling uh, a very clear story and everything else. And and obviously you want to continue that. Um, and that's something that will turn me off on a on a book is like, you know, I'm very much a story person, uh, and I can hand and I've said it many times on the show. I can handle bad art if the story is good and what i mean by that though is that the 
art, even though it might not be the type of art that I enjoy, the art still has to be able to tell the story. So right. it could, I might not like the art, but it worked, you know, the story that's being told, I can still follow it in the artwork and in the, in the written work. So it can't just be like good written, a good written story. The artwork also has to tell the story, even if I don't enjoy the artwork. Um, now if I enjoy the artwork and the story is bad, uh, that will take me completely out of it because I need a good story. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, um, artwork that, that isn't confusing, that right. clearly tells the story, even though as far as, um, you know, technical skill or draftsmanship, maybe subpar can still work if the story's good. Right. But like, I'll, I'll good give you a perfect example is I, and, and this is probably blasphemy for a lot of people that are fans of his artwork. I do not enjoy Mark, Mike Allred's artwork. I just don't oh, like it. It's not my personal, that. it's not my personal taste. That is not to say I think he's a bad artist. I think he's a very good artist. It's just not my cup of tea. However, I think he is good at telling a story right. in, in, in anything. So if I'm reading something, that was the thing that was tough for me with, uh, he did the run with Silver Surfer with Dan, Dan Slott. I like Dan Slott's writing. I didn't buy the issues because I don't like Mike Allred's artwork. That's not to say that the story wasn't very good and that Mike Allred didn't do a great job. It's just, I was like, well, I'm, I know I'm not going to enjoy it because I don't like the artwork. Um, but again, that's just my personal taste. That doesn't mean yeah. he's a bad artist. He is a very good artist and he's very good at what he does. It's just not my cup of tea. Yeah. And you know, a bad story is not going to save a you know, good, good art will not save a bad story. Right. Um, cause you, well, I mean, eventually you just stop looking at the words. Right. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I hope that you do get to do some transformers. Cause like you said, it'll be a different, it'll be a, a different approach to things than what you've been used to when it comes to transformers and everything. So, uh, it'll be your, your chance to really kind of tell that, that story, that written story that you're seeing. So, um, uh, so you did, uh, the Cleveland convention. What else, what other conventions have you, have you been at recently or what do you have on the horizon that's coming up? Oh, let's see. I did, uh, NC Comic Con in Raleigh. Uh, I did the South Carolina Comic Con in Greenville. Uh, with the March was a busy month. I did three shows this month. Okay. Um, Cleveland feels like it was so long ago. <laughs> uh, it was just a month ago. Right. Um, but it feels because I, I did, I, it's pretty rare. I do three shows in a month. Mm-hmm. Um, next show, uh, I'm doing the Twin City Comic Con in Winston Salem. Okay. Uh, this Sunday, which when I guess this comes out will be Pat last Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I'm doing on April 21st in Augusta, Georgia, I'm doing Joe Fest. Uh, I will be down there. Robert will be there. Right. Who never showed up tonight, by the uh, way. It, it'll be the first time, <laughs> first time I've seen Robert since we were both in London two years ago. Yeah. Robert. Uh, and then I'm doing Heroes Con. Robert, are you doing Heroes Con? Um, and then I'll be in San Diego walking around and Baltimore and uh, stuff. So I, I got to look at more in depth the end of the year, but, uh, but in the immediate future, that's, that's kind of what's, on the horizon. Nice. And, uh, John, I know that you, uh, recently attended, was it Awesome Con? 
We did. We were at Awesome Con last weekend. Uh, great show once again. They've really stepped it up over the last couple years uh, in terms of the artist alley and, and creators they had. Uh, it's certainly a pop culture show. The guest list, they had John Boyega, who actually walked right by Shannon's table when they were taking him from one thing to the next. Nice. And uh, he's he's a very slight dude. He's not very big. Uh-huh. And he, I swear I think he was auditioning for Logan's Run based on the shirt he was wearing. <laughs> but uh, it was it was a lot of fun. Uh, I got to hang with Shannon, of course. Also saw Grub, yeah. who was not uh, trooping of any kind, so he was hanging out. And Andre was there yep. and spent quite a bit of time with him and Tom King and Daryl Taylor. And I got to meet Gil Cologne, which was great because this was his first show outside of New York that he's ever attended. Nice. It was great meeting him. Uh, I saw J.K. Woodward and Alan New Mutant was there. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. I uh, saw my friends, the shoes. Uh, some of you may have seen the picture of the Baroness that I posted. On the Star Joe's page, yeah. uh, it's my friend Heather, and her husband Brad is also. Uh, uh, they're both active in the finest end of Five Hundred First. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was interesting, though. I have to say, it's the first show I've been to in years. I don't know how many, but several years that I did not get a commission of any kind. Wow, so that was kind of weird. Wow. Yeah, it was. It was a one. I, we were only there for the day. Yeah. And. Uh, I walked around and there were some new folks there. There were a couple I knew that were probably not going to be sketching. So I, I kind of scoped out their tables and they weren't drawing. So yeah, yeah, that's okay. But it was a good time. It was a great time to hang out. Like I said, got to see a lot of people. I uh, saw some really great cosplay. I regret not taking a picture of Deadpool Bob Ross. That was my favorite <laughs> that I saw. He looked just like the just like the uh, preview, right? The, you know the, the trailer the, thing, yeah. Phenomenal, and, and there was a young lady who had a we believe had a broken leg, and so she was on one of those uh, carts, you know, that you yeah. kind of push push along. Yeah, she was a leg lamp from the Christmas Story. Nice. And when I told her how great her costume was, she just she got so excited that somebody knew exactly what it was. That's awesome. <laughs> so that was really fun too. But no, it was it was a really really good time. Uh, yeah, I still gotta get yeah, you. So I still gotta get you and Shannon out here for uh, to go see the Christmas Story house. So I know, uh, I know. We we yeah. Gotta be on the it's bucket on the list. list. I was say it's gotta be on it's that on bucket the list. list. So yes, it's on the list. But no, we we did have a. It was a. It was really really busy. I don't think it was as busy as last year. Yeah. The holiday had something to do with that. I think you know they, it was sure. the Holy Weekend, and so I I had heard a lot of people were kind of frustrated with that, but as Somebody pointed out they the schedule's the schedule. Right. And if you're trying to get a place like the Washington Center there in DC, you get the you get the dates they have. Yeah. And so next year it's not uh, that same weekend. We'll see. But yeah. it was a it was a really good time and uh, yeah I saw I got a chance to uh, got a chance to check out uh, a lot of the original pages for. Uh, Six million dollar man, GI Joe, which was cool. Nice. Uh, that Shannon had with him, and he w- he was not doing a lot of commissions, but he moved a lot of pages at least that day. And cool. Most of the most of the artists I were talk I was talking to were thinking that Sunday was probably going to be the better day for original 
art commissions and such because of all the autographs on Saturday. Okay. A lot of people were there to, especially Boyega, the, the new Chewbacca. They had some really big, you know, they had some big gets for sure. That's cool. Uh, so, cool. Uh, but I do, I have a question for, for Brian yeah. because, of, you know, you, Brian, you huh. mentioned Teespring and your unicorn tank yeah. shirt. How in the hell can I get that Baroness from South Carolina Con on a shirt? Because, dude, that was so friggin' cool. That was awesome. It was just a tremendous piece, and I regret that I missed out on it. Uh, the, and I want a shirt. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, um, you know, when I want to get sued by Hasbro. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, the guy that bought that, um, I've had several people say that he's their uh, arch enemy now. Um <laughs> Because he he's when I put that up on my web store, he snatched it up. I, I can't believe it didn't go that weekend. But I I, I, do, and, I, I don't know. Well, I, as I said before, I, I get so turned off with the pornographic way that, that the Baroness is yeah. is portrayed by many artists. One of whom was doing covers for IDW and made a point of saying, "Oh, you know, Hasbro wouldn't approve it." Well, yeah. Because she doesn't zip down the front of her top. Right. It's not the character. I don't know if I'm going to write the Baroness ever, but I'm going to tell you, if she doesn't flaunt what she's got. She's just a, you know, portrayed very beautifully. And to your credit, you drew her in a just a phenomenal way. Yeah. And 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 yeah, the markers, all of it was just so good. Yeah. So thanks. Yeah. I wish it was a shirt because I wear it. <laughs> nice. Nice. Um. Yeah, so I, uh, at least when it comes to conventions, uh, I know I'll be at Baltimore this year. Uh, I, I, that's just a Star Joe's mainstay. I have to go to that one. Um, I should say I have to. I want to go to that one. Um, I don't know if I'm going to make Heroes Con. I really want to go to Heroes Con one year, and this year would be a really good year to go. Um, I just... Don't know if I'm gonna be able to make it, uh, just with things that have been happening, uh, personal life wise and whatnot, uh, leaving home right now is, uh, even though it'll be what June or something like that is when that is. Um, I don't know if that'll be the best time for me to be leaving. Um, so, uh, so that might not happen, but I will say one of the things I'm going to be able to do, uh, in May, it's not a convention, but, uh, I go to uh, the free comic book day uh, near me. It's at uh, a comic shop called Carol and John's, which is by far the best comic shop in the Cleveland area. Uh, they're very involved in the comic industry. They they uh, go to all the retailer you know summits and things like that, and they have a very vocal voice. Uh, and uh, when it comes to the industry and everything else, as far as selling the comics. Um, and uh, John, who runs the comic shop, he's just a super nice guy. He's a, a firefighter, just stand-up guy. Um, and they do a um, – every year they have a uh, – they really go all out for the free comic book day. And they do a midnight release. Um, and uh, both are pretty family-friendly, but the midnight release is obviously more geared towards – uh, the adults and they they actually create uh, uh, beers there that they name after whatever the theme is that year. So they'll actually na- and it'll be named after its different uh, comic book things. Uh, last year's theme was Kirby and I can't remember what beers they came up with, but they had some Kirby inspired beers and they just give them for free because they 
they're a comic shop. They don't, they don't have a license to sell. So, uh, they do that. And then, uh, they get usually about, I think last year they had 20, they told me they had 25,000 comics to give away for free and they end up with 500 by the end of the night. Uh, they let you take 10. So that means they probably had about 2,500 people take comics. Um, the long line, they get, uh, usually they get anywhere from 10 to 20 artists, local artists that come there and they do free sketches all night, uh, from like 10 o'clock at night till two in the morning. Um, and they'll, so you can bring your sketchbook or they'll have stuff there. They can do sketches. They'll sketch anything you want. Um, so that's really cool. You get your 10 free comics and it's just an awesome party. Um, and then Saturday they do basically the same thing. They have a bunch of artists there that will do free sketches and, uh, you get your comics and everything else. Uh, but this year they're doing something very special and I'm going to be a part of this. There's only 25 people that are going to be, uh, that jumped in on this opportunity. Um, they are, uh, hosting Jim Steranko this year. Um, he is going to, they're actually getting him out to the comic shop and 25 people are going to have dinner with him. I'm going to be one of those 25 people. Uh, I'm going to be able to take a picture, uh, a photo, a group photo with Jim. Uh, so he is, a, he does not, as people might know, he's kind of a recluse. He does not take photos with, uh, very often. Uh, but he has agreed that since this will be a group photo that he's okay with that. So, uh, get to do that plus get some things signed by him. Uh, get to have dinner with him where, you know, of course we get to ask questions and get to listen to him. Uh, so, and then he'll be at the free comic book day event itself, uh, that evening and then the next, uh, next day and everything else. Um, so I am really looking forward to that, to have a chance to sit down at dinner and, uh, get to hear from a, a legend in comics and, uh, you know, it's it's one of those experiences that it's like when I heard about it, I was like, I have to jump at this opportunity because who knows how long we have some of these creators around for. And again, he's not one to be around very often for uh, for doing stuff like this. So so that's where I'm going to be for free comic book day. I'll be at the midnight release and having dinner with Jim Steranko beforehand. <laughs> so that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, but then I'll be at Baltimore and then I don't know what in between there. Uh, I know there'll be a Northeast Ohio comic convention as well. So uh, I think in the summertime that I'll, I'll probably attend, um, which we've had some cool creators at that. There was like last year, there was like Daryl Banks and Tony Isabella and, uh, there's a few other creators that whose names are escaping me right now, but, um, uh, but some well-known creators that were there. So looking forward to that. Um, but I will say for right now, let's, uh, if you're not already supporting Brian's Kickstarter, check it out. Again, it's just called The Art of Brian Shearer. It, uh, is there anything last that you wanted to let people know about the Kickstarter other than, hey, support it or? Uh, no, we're, I mean, we're, uh, over halfway. Uh, actually, um, we're almost halfway to the stretch goal. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, it'd be, you know, it's got 22 days at, at the time of this recording, it's got 22 days to go. So, you know, jump on board, help push it to the first, uh, uh, first stretch goal. So, awesome. Awesome. Um, John, anything else you wanted to, to mention before we wrap things up here? I don't think she'll be listening, but I did want to congratulate Kelly Dale on the, yes. uh, Skyward Kickstarter. It was extremely successful. 
I know we were, we didn't play a, a, a huge part, but I, I was very, uh, proud to be a part and, uh, really, really glad to, to see that, uh, we're going to get that hardcover. We're going to get t-shirts and just a lot of the, a lot of those things that Kelly was, uh, looking forward to, to being able to share yeah. with the fans. And, and I, 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 for one, am very, very excited about that. Yeah, absolutely. And that, and I don't know, like you said, I don't know how big of a part we played, but I do know that I had uh, a few people that I worked with that decided to do the Kickstarter. I know for a fact we had a few listeners decided to do the Kickstarter uh, for Skyward because they heard us praise it so much uh, over time. So uh, I'm hoping those same people will support Brian's Kickstarter because, again, uh, we don't say it just because we know Brian. We actually really do like his art. Uh, <laughs> and uh, he's he's very talented at what he does. So it, this art book is well worth it. And for the price, you cannot beat it. Um, so uh, definitely check out the Kickstarter. Um, and then, uh, but yeah, I was thrilled. I've been in communication with Kelly since the Kickstarter uh, has been successful. And... Uh, one of the things I wanted to just mention out there, I don't know if it'll end up in the book or not, but I did send her images of it, is that Shannon did a uh, Skyward blank sketch cover for me. He did a front and back of it, uh, which was Link with Quinn uh, fighting back to back with their swords uh, uh, with uh, Jack the dog in the middle of them uh, with some of the uh, the slog riders coming towards them. Uh, Shannon did this beautiful cover wraparound cover of it that he sent to me. And uh, I showed, I sent a picture of it to Kelly Dale and she was like, can you send me high resolution copies of this? Because I would like to include it in the omnibus uh, if I can. So that was awesome. So of course I did that immediately. Uh, so that might actually appear in the omnibus, which I was thrilled to be able to actually contribute something to it. Um, even though it was Shannon's work really that contributed to it, but it's, it's my commission. So, uh, <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, so, and Kelly is, uh, her and I have communicated back and forth and everything else. She does still have art pages available of Skyward. So if that's something of interest to you, uh, you can reach out to her through the Kickstarter. There's an email address there for her. You can reach out to her and say, Hey, I'm interested in this page or, or anything like that. And she can let you know, uh, what, she would uh, like for that page. Um, they're very, very reasonably priced. So uh, please do that because uh, she would love to see those art pages go to a good home. Uh, somebody that will actually care about, about them and everything. So, um, but yeah, uh, like I said, I hope those that supported that Kickstarter will support this, this one as well. It, it you're going to get some great artwork and some, uh, fun and zany pictures as well as some beautiful pictures. So, and, and in some cases, both, they'll both be zany and beautiful. So, <laughs> um, so Brian, how can people find you just in general? Where, like, where can they see your artwork? Where can they follow you? That type of stuff. Uh, well on Twitter and Instagram, uh, it's Brian underscore Shearer. Uh, you can go to my website at Brian dash Shearer. There's a surprising number of Brian Shearer doppelgangers out there. <laughs> um, but uh, on Facebook, uh, Brian Shearer Art is uh, my Facebook. If you go to facebook.com slash Brian Shearer Art, 
So uh, pretty much hit on any one of those things, and you can probably find all the others. Okay, cool. Uh, and you have the right now the six uh, Joe GI Joe versus six million dollar man is out there right now, which you do the inking work on, and then uh, issue two fifty three, correct? Yes, um, that has GI been, Joe Real American Hero. Yeah, solicited for June, I think. Right. Yes. Yes. So that is coming out where you do a wonderful Duke story where you do the artwork on that. So uh, and. Check your comic shops too, just in case uh, they still have issues of 250 out there. Because uh, you did, co- I believe it was cover B of yeah. that one. Uh, yeah. So I, I do have that, and uh, it is an awesome cover. So uh, check it out and see if if your shop still has that. Um, if you didn't get it already, and then John, how can they find you? You can find me on Twitter. John, J-O-N, underscore Thurmond, T-H-U-R-M-O-N-D. We successfully launched the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast uh, after the, uh, well, I guess before the last podcast. I don't know. I'm sorry, before we talked to Kelly, but I didn't share last time because I wanted just to share the love for that project. But, uh, yeah, I launched that podcast. You can find it at hrsocialhourpodcast.podbean.com. Uh, we're up to episode nine there. I've got a couple special episodes that have come out too. And I, I threw down the gauntlet before. I'll throw it down again. If you want to get something free from me, give me a five star review on iTunes for the show. Uh, Brian Lang did, and he's going to be getting something cool. Nice. So, uh, yeah, I'm asking the Star Joe's fan base to help me out and boost the signal. Uh, we've, uh, we're small but mighty. We're having a great time. Uh, we learned today that we have more follower, more downloads from China than England, which blows my mind. <laughs> but uh, but it's it's been a it's been a lot of fun, uh, learning a lot, and uh, yeah. So uh, again, hrsocialpodcast.podbean.com, and uh, that's about all I got to say. Nice. Uh, well, I do want to thank the. Uh, uh, Patreon members that we have out there, uh, some of the sponsors that we have. Uh, number one, we have a new Patreon uh, person, which is Scott Romanski, who's been a longtime listener of the show. Uh, has always been a contributor, whether it's on Twitter and Instagram and things like that. Uh, and Scott's awesome, but he recently joined Patreon, so I wanted to thank him by giving him a, a quick shout-out. Um, and uh, then we have uh, Jonathan. Some of the sponsors uh, on the Patreon level are... Jonathan Morgantini, who I know is still doing, uh, last I checked, he's still doing the G.I. Joe role-playing game. So if you're interested in that, you can reach out to me uh, if you're not connected with Jonathan directly, uh, and I can get you in touch with him and uh, work things out with him. Uh, Matt Anderson, who right now still doesn't have anything to promote, but I, I told him as long as he's still paying at the sponsorship level, I will always mention his name. He's, he is an awesome dude. He reaches out to me almost every time he hears an episode and just him and I will talk about geeky stuff and just life stuff. And he's just an awesome guy. I hope one day I get to actually meet him in person. Uh, Cause he's just a really great guy. Um, and then uh, a couple of people that are doing podcasts and I do check out these podcasts before I promote them because I want to speak knowledgeably about them. And I also want to be able to uh, know that it's something I would want to promote. Um, one is, I've mentioned him before, Ben, uh, uh, Pensuria. He has the, mo- uh, movies and a meal, which is exactly what it sounds like. Him and his buddy, they go and they 
they're either making something or ordering something or whatever, but they're having a meal and they're talking about movies. Uh, they recently did um, A Wrinkle in Time where they talk about that movie coming out. They did uh, an Oscar talk. They did uh, a blank Black Panther review, which I still need to go see that movie. So I have not listened to that episode yet because I don't want to spoil it for myself. Um, but uh, just the thing I like about what they do is they're anywhere from 15 minutes to a half hour episode. So like we were talking about earlier, Brian, where there's an audience for each type of thing, whether you want something short or long. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people like long podcasts, but there's people that also just want those short, quick hit podcasts. And that's what, uh, that's what Ben produces for, for people is just, Hey, want a quick movie review or movie talk and everything else. Um, and then the new, uh, sponsorship level, uh, podcast is Will Bell, who has also been a longtime listener of the show and, uh, has interacted on, uh, Facebook and, and Twitter and things like that. Um, he does a podcast that just launched this past December called Dudes in Toyland. Uh, and I've listened to a couple episodes so far and, uh, it's, they, him and a buddy do, uh, they talk about toy collecting and customizing toys, which I liked the addition of the customizing. Cause obviously there's a lot of podcasts talk about collecting and everything else. And they talk about like their collections and everything. And it's always fun to listen to that, but they also talk about customizing, uh, which I, I like that little unique take on it. And, uh, I really like listening to, to them because just like this show, it's two guys that are friends and they, and you can hear that they're friends. There's good chemistry going on with them. And, uh, that makes all the difference in the world when you're listening, because if it's just two people that didn't even know each other, sometimes you have good chemistry, sometimes you don't, but when it's friends, you hear that friendship come, come through. So, um, that's what made it really enjoyable. They do insert things into the episode, just like we do. Like, if, uh, you'll hear the GI Joe will be right back after these messages type of inserts and stuff. And I love that because that's what I do a lot of times for this show. Um, so it was here, it was fun to hear those types of things in there, but yeah, they just started this December. They already have, I think nine episodes out. Um, so they're doing, they're going really strong and really well. So I wish them nothing but success. They are on iTunes. So, uh, check them out. Um, Ben's, uh, podcast, I don't believe is on iTunes yet. I know he has his own website. I'll have that in the show notes. So you guys can check out both of those podcasts, uh, and, and give them some love, uh, some additional listening there for you. So, um, the, one of the last things not to end on a somber note at all, uh, but it, it will have a, uh, uplifting side to it is, uh, I know the last episode I mentioned what was going on with my pup. Uh, Hannah and, uh, sad to say that she, uh, we, she did pass away. Um, we were told we'd get an average of, of a few months with her. Unfortunately, we got about five weeks with her, but those five weeks were awesome. Uh, she was in good health during that time period. Um, and, uh, but that's why there wasn't really any episodes coming out. Uh, my wife and I both were kind of dealing with that because for us, she was a family member. She wasn't just uh, a dog or just a pet. She was a member of our family. So that was tough for us to deal with. But I will say uh, the uplifting side of it was the support that I received from all of you out there was amazing. Um, you know, I I felt bad not putting stuff out there for you guys, but I wasn't in a place to really talk about this stuff, which even though it's fun to talk about and it's entertaining and it makes life worth living you know there there's things you need to live and then there's things that make life worth living and i feel like 
this podcast is one of those things that makes life worth living for me. And I think it does for you guys as well, where it's like, it's this geeky stuff that just makes life fun. Um, I wasn't in a place to talk about fun things at that time. Uh, I am now obviously, and I'm, uh, and I'm looking forward to doing so much more. Um, but the support you guys gave me as far as just like saying I had nothing to apologize for, uh, take my time, you know, we'll be here when you come back. Uh, it was extremely touching and it was, it meant more to me than you guys could ever know. Um, and it made me want to come back and do more of this. So, uh, so thank you everyone, uh, for that. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I have so much more now planned. Like I am, I'm excited to get back to recording and everything else. I, I just wanted to thank everyone for the support and everything else. So, um, but with that being said, I uh, wanted to uh, tell everyone where you can find us. You can find us at starjoes.com. You can find us on Facebook. There's a group page and a fan page. Uh, the group page, when you request to join the group page, I will approve it. Uh, I do have a story for our Patreon members uh, about somebody that requested to join the group page. And it's only going to be for our Patreon members because it is a very interesting story from from the past of Ryan that I think people find very interesting, but I didn't want to put it just on the regular public episodes. Uh, so uh, for Patreon, you can join that for $3 a month. You'll get any extra Star Joe's episodes. You'll get to hear that backstory as far as somebody that tried to request joining Patreon or joining uh, the group page on Facebook and uh, why they were not approved. Um, so I'll share that in a uh, upcoming episode on Patreon. Uh, there's a Twitter uh, which is at Star Joe's Podcast. There is our Gmail account. If you want to send us an email, we'll read it on the air and respond to it. Star Joe's Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can call and leave us a voicemail. It's 440-941-JOES, 440-941-J-O-E-S. Um, and then we also have merchandise. You can get uh, T-shirts, uh, sweatshirts, all that fun stuff. Uh, if you go to the Star Joe's page, uh, you can actually find a link for Star Joe's merchandise and get that type of stuff as well. Uh, and with that, we'll go ahead and close the episode by saying the Force will be with you. Because knowing us is half the battle. Take care, everyone.